Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of Digital Dissection, where we take a closer and possibly unnecessary look at our favorite properties. Today, we're going to go deep into the rogues gallery known as Batman's video game history, a journey that spans almost 35 years and over 60 titles, with ups and downs reminiscent of the DC Cinematic Universe. Before we put on our own cowl and look really good while brooding on rooftops, we are Joe and Mark, two dudes who love discussing pop culture with you and hopefully bring you perspectives you wouldn't have found unless you're reading Wikipedia articles deep into the night. After you listen to the show, please like, comment, subscribe, and review. Reviews are very important to this show as we continue to grow our platform. We can't thank everyone enough for supporting us so far. In earlier episodes, you may remember us calling out specifically where to find this program. We're happy to announce that you can now find us wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can find us by searching for Digital Dissection in your podcast. And if you're not following podcast websites, you can also find us on YouTube as well as Facebook and Twitter by searching at Digital Dissect One. Our social media sites share more pop culture news and current information. So feel free to join the conversation. How much Batman video game experience did you have growing up? Uh, growing up, um, pretty limited. I can only remember really playing probably two, maybe three Batman games um, before I like stopped living with my parents. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah so not yeah. a whole lot, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I remember with some of the uh, documentaries we've seen in recent memory, like right around the time that Batman first started entering video games, you know, we had, I guess as a nation, we were peeling uh, from the <laughs> video game wars. And, and mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a bunch of games out there, a ton of titles. Not all of them are all that great. Um, technology was obviously, you know, good for the time, mm -hmm. but, but there were companies that were just pushing out content, knowing that there were rabid fans that wanted to play games. So <laughs> So it was definitely yeah. definitely more of a quantity over quality situation uh, of what we had uh, in the early console days. Yes, yes, absolutely. And what I was interesting about the uh, the Batman uh, video game history, though, is that it actually doesn't start where this time period of video gaming, uh, you know, would would typically place it in. Mm -hmm. um, now, in the uh, in the the outro for our last episode, you'd actually mentioned that. You know, Batman started as more of a you know PC game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it was what probably, gosh, like what nineteen eighty nine when that first game came out. Or Actually, maybe Joe, sooner. it would be the year of our mighty births, the year Ooh, of nineteen eighty six. Look at that. Yep, it's a good a, a year. Little, yeah, it was a great year. You know, we were we were uh, cracking the champagne for several reasons, um, <laughs> <laughs> but in eighty six. Ocean Software actually kicked this thing off. So they were the company that published the first Batman game, um, which actually was uh, it was really unique for the time because mm -hmm. what it actually did was uh, versus some of the other titles that were around at the time that were side scrollers, you know, um, I call them low energy video games, right? <laughs> yeah. So Ocean Software's Batman would actually be like a 3D game that relied on it's kind of like a bird's eye view perspective, but 
but slightly tilted. So you kind of have this uh, um, 3D perspective, but diagonally, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, like what I think uh, GTA and even early Fallout did that, didn't they? Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. I think I think the comparison to the original Fallout games is probably better for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever played like the Super Mario RPG game. Oh, yeah. That's that's also a lot what this looks like uh, from a perspective standpoint. So, um, but obviously, you know, this is 86. You know, Joe and I were pixelated back then too. So oh, everything was pixelated back then and <laughs> barely in color. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice back then too that like uh, whenever you looked in the distance, like everything was just foggy back in 86? Yeah. Cause uh, you hadn't unlocked the map yet and the world was only so big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Textures are horrible, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but but hey, even for the time, this game was very well received. Uh, one of the things that I thought was hilarious about this game was that it was number two in the UK for overall sales. Uh, falling, they only fell behind the uh, game called World Cup Carnival. So mm-hmm. European was that, soccer. Was that soccer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's basically it. But, <laughs> but hey, you know what? What was really cool about this game was something that others wouldn't get for years would be its unique save system. Um, so basically it had checkpoints. So if you mm-hmm. died, you didn't have to start all the way over. Um, so it was, it was really kind of cool for the time. I wish more game developers would have picked up on that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially like, I mean, I know this was, this was PC, but console, like you had to beat everything in one sitting. Otherwise it wasn't getting beaten. Yeah. Um, we had to start all over again. Yeah. No, that'd have been really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they introduced this back in 86. So for the folks that were developing games for like the next, you know, five six years and just didn't do it well i don't know i'm not gonna make fun of people i guess for the technology that we have today but (laughs) but but this was actually the first of three games that um that ocean software would be involved with publishing so they didn't actually uh code every single one of these three games though so uh similar to what things that you've seen with like gearbox the guys behind Mm -hmm. borderlands Oh you yeah, know, mm-hmm. they they outsourced um like the the first the uh, aliens adaptation that they got. I don't remember that one. That was kind of a a bomb. <laughs> in well, the like most movie. aliens games, I mean, I'm sure this was no Colonial Marines. Um, but yeah, but it probably didn't do well. Well, that's the one that Colonial that that was the one that Gearbox actually didn't do themselves. They kind of kicked that one out <laughs> to somebody else. So yeah. so Colonial <laughs> Marines is like the example of of all examples that I like to take, cause I love gearbox and mm-hmm. you know, they've got egg on their face for that one. But, <laughs> um, but so ocean though would kick out three titles, like I said, mm-hmm. um, and they would use different teams each time. Um, so what was really cool about this though, is that despite having different creative teams in all three games, they still innovated in each one. So Ooh. the second game that they would do, it was an 88. It was uh, Batman Cape crusader. Mm-hmm. And, what was really interesting about it is I'm not sure if you ever remembered the Genesis game Comic Zone. Oh, no, I never played Comic Zone. Okay. If, if you didn't, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but what Cape Crusader really became known for was that you were basically playing within comic panels in a comic book mm-hmm. in the Batman game. So when you would go from one zone to the next, the style of it would show you as if you're going from a panel to a panel, like just like oh, reading a comic book. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so like an Ang Lee movie. Yeah, yeah, just just in 1988 <laughs> though, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, keep in mind, this is once again a very simplistic game. Um, what was unique about it, though is that it had two different paths you could go down. So, mm-hmm. whether that was going against the Penguin or going against mm-hmm. the Joker, yeah, you could you could do either one. 
Um, as a game, though, uh, obviously this is once again pretty innovative, just like the the first you know Batman game here. But some of the gripes about it though is that it was just you know it was a major puzzle solver. So I, I get that Batman's the greatest detective. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> 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 but but it, that's not what even mm-hmm. back in '88. This is not what people were playing video games for. No. Um, which is why I think when you look ahead to the next game they created, uh, mm-hmm. just called, you know, Batman, the movie in 89, mm-hmm. um, this would actually be a mixture of 2d and 3d levels. So, um, just based on the Commodore, you know, PC, uh, the Amiga is what this game was actually, um, paired with. So it's another mm-hmm. Commodore based PC, um, a little bit more processing power. So you had a combination of like side scrolling, but then also, um, if you remember the game, uh, road rash, by chance, did you ever play Road Rash? Did not do Road Rash. It, Road Rash is another one of those like classic Genesis games where mm-hmm. um, you're basically you know driving on on roads and you see like images that get closer to you, but it's not like they could do anything with with uh, intricate textures. Mm-hmm. So you ju- you just saw a small image that got slightly enlarged as it got towards you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. <laughs> Same type of idea here at the 3D levels where you're either driving the Batmobile or you're flying, you know, one of his, uh, you know, Batman uh, trademarked aerial vehicles. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you had more processing power. So the, the 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 levels were kind of interesting because at this point in time, Joe, this is where we get introduced to the idea of the subgame st- uh, style. Now, if you're not familiar with subgame, mm-hmm. All it means is mini games, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mini um, games are great. Love mini yeah. games. Yeah, and and this Batman game was kind of the face for it because if you played Batman the movie, you know the game in 1989. <laughs> yeah, Batman the movie, the game, the <laughs> mini game. <laughs> well, the the style of the game was interesting because you would uh, shift from a side-scrolling game to, mm-hmm. like you said, to the the vehicle-based games. There was a, a puzzle-based mini game in there too, mm-hmm. and and so once again, this is 1989, but this was very innovative. People weren't really doing this kind of stuff yet. Um, if you went back and played it now, though, Joe, I mean, even as a DC fan, I don't think you'd get a whole lot of value out of it. Um, but this actually uh, was granted Game of the Year by Crash Magazine back Ooh. in 1989. So clearly, the people were loving it. Yeah, the people loved it. It was a great time by the sound of it. Yeah, got the people going. It did. It several <laughs> levels of game inside of it. <laughs> it did. It did. It, it was. It was really kind of cool, though. I mean, looking back at it, I can appreciate the innovation for what it was, um, even if it was, you know, somewhat poorly written out. But hey, mm-hmm. either way, this is really Batman we're talking about here. So, <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. it's important to realize, though, you've got three games that mm-hmm. feature Batman. You know, it's the late '80s, and each one does something you know, pretty cool. I mean, um, so we got the unique checkpoint system. We've mm-hmm. got this, this comic panel thing that would inspire a literal patent by Sega to uh, put out this comic zones game. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the story behind that, but, um, but Sega literally applied for a patent and got it for the style of game that they made with this comic panel orientation. Oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Batman Cape Crusader, it's actually mm-hmm. credited with being the inspiration for that. Um, and then we've got, obviously, this subgame style that uh, the uh, the movie game came out with. So mm-hmm. 
pretty early, you know, uh, heavy hitting things coming out of the Batman uh, series here. Yeah, which seems very like the opposite of like the Batman games I remember playing growing up. <laughs> like, um, I think this is probably where like the games probably start to really take that decline from being innovated to just kind of a game that gets pushed out there for consumption. Um, because yeah, I, yeah, yeah, like like the Batman games I remember growing up of, of like the three that I played um, were awful, <laughs> and I kind of kept hoping <laughs> that they would get better. Like maybe it's I haven't touched a Batman game in years. Maybe this will be better. And I feel like I was just secretly like, nope. Uh, you open the game, put it in. We're gonna punch you straight in the stomach again uh, as you go through it. Well, it's funny you would mention that joke because I was trying to think of a term that would really fit well for this, and what I mm-hmm. settled on was. This was the time in the Batman video game series that I equated it to. Let's just call it a fart that got trapped in the Batman suit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took yeah, a really, right. yeah. it took a really long time to get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and honestly, I couldn't think of a better way to kick this off than with a game called Revenge of Shinobi in 1989. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that one? I've played Shinobi 3, but I don't think I played Revenge of Shinobi. Hey, that's that's okay. This is one of those games that um, will routinely pop up on these top 10 lists because it's it's known for uh, its laziness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it was a Sega Genesis game that mm-hmm. had... The, the, the guy who was actually doing the art and designing this game, uh, you know, it's really common in video games to just kind of make a placeholder that mm-hmm. you hope your art team will come back to and replace with something different right yeah um so one of the real life examples of that would be kirby like the the kirby line of games yeah yeah they they couldn't think of an actual shape for the character so they just had like the little ball with tiny arms and legs running around and then it turned out that worked out great that was a great idea yeah the more Mm -hmm. people looked at it the more they loved it you know just kind of worked out well and history is uh you know it's all there now he's kirby's all over the place he's Mm -hmm. an adorable little you know puffball um (laughs) but revenge of shinobi would actually be the laziest like video game crew of all time because the actual art director for the game he basically just drew what he thought things should look like which included godzilla oh terminator oh no uh, Sylvester Stallone as uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Spider-Man and Batman. So he just drew oh. these things and thought, yeah, my art team's going to take care of this. That did not happen. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, they literally drew unauthorized likenesses of all of these characters. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So you're a ninja fighting Batman. And you're like, that's that's clearly Batman. Batman. And and yeah, he does not belong here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very uh it's a very fun earmark to make is like mm-hmm. the, the beginning of this this turn. Um because I mean so you, you mentioned uh we were obviously folks we were talking before we we hit the record button here mm-hmm. but, but but joe had mentioned playing um some of the original batman games and so 1989 wouldn't just give us revenge of shinobi it would also give us the batman nes game yeah um so we're shifting away from ocean software and now a company called sunsoft is responsible for this um and so they made a game that was loosely based on you know the movie of the same name mm-hmm. um it was a side scroller that was you know pretty well received but it was like the hardest fucking game i've ever played 
Yeah, like I don't remember getting very far in that game at all before I just shut it off. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it felt like there are games that, like, they like there are two different ways. The way I see it when it comes to video games, like, there is something that makes it challenging, and they get mm-hmm. that at just the right level where the challenge is fun because you fail the first few times doing it, you recognize what you did, you can go back and fix it, and you can you can eventually beat that that part of the game. And then there's let's just make this really hard for the sake of it being hard. <laughs> and it makes it damn near impossible to get any further in the game without like wanting to like launch your controller at a wall as fast as it can be. And that's what this first game, this is a, uh, that's what this Batman game did to me. It's like, there's yeah. like, there's no beating this game. Yeah. And the worst part about it too, for me, Joe, is that you're playing like a purple Batman, mm-hmm. right? Like he's just purple. There's nothing really to him. It's just like a purple you know, sell. Yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so this Batman game would be ridiculously difficult and it falls in line with a lot of these other NES games, like the uh, first uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, um, Ghostbusters 2, you know, even, mm-hmm. even the original Ghostbusters game, they, these things were all on the NES and mm-hmm. each one of them was like the hardest fucking game you've ever played. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Something interesting about this game, though, Joe, is that um, it would actually feature some of these Batman characters that you don't end up seeing again, like in, in any other games. Um, so that would be like Deadshot, um, KG Beast. Actually, Heatwave is in here. I think he shows up again. Oh, no way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. These guys were in the, this game, and these are characters that just kind of got lost to time. Like, you just you just don't really see them ever again. No, so not really. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That w- so... I would say that despite being well-received, though, the mm-hmm. difficulty of that game, um, when paired with this, this Shinobi connection, <laughs> it, really, it really kicks off this, mm-hmm. this history, this, this uh, behavior of, of games that just don't really do anything for, for most fans and even for most video game fans um yeah you're just you're kind of left struggling thinking like who these games were made for and it's hard to say it was even just batman like i don't remember there being like really good superhero games out there for the longest time growing up um yeah uh, yeah i I would agree with you to an extent um Mm -hmm. except for some of the x-men games the side-scrolling x-men games Mm -hmm. those are those are really pretty solid um but yeah, I guess outside of that, I'm trying to think just off the top of my head. Yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah, that X-Men arcade was really great. Um, Death and Return of Superman was fun. That one I remember enjoying. Um, there's a, there, I think on, on the Genesis 2, there's a, a Wolverine title that was really good. Where it was just Wolverine. I think it was like Adamantium Rage or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I that one was Rage. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I mean... It, it was possible for oh yeah definitely superhero, possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> superhero games to be fun <laughs> um but that's not really what would happen here so mm-hmm. over the next like uh geez i think this was the better part of maybe 15 years Oof, yikes yeah we yeah. we have a, a we seriously have a property that just struggles very hard mm-hmm. uh to do anything here so um we end up having a, a game called batman uh, Return of the Joker or Revenge of the Joker in 91. Mm-hmm. So this would be another Sunsoft title. What I thought was unfortunate about it is that it was pretty strongly based uh, on the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, ported to the Genesis. I think it would end up being a, 
a Super Nintendo, you know, ROM game later, but otherwise it was the same platforms that we were talking about earlier. And uh, even though it borrows mostly from the comics, it did borrow all of like the movie vehicle assets, but I thought was kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but, but once again, this is one of those games that it had pretty good art. It mm-hmm. was a, a faster like side scroller type of game, but the reviews were just mixed. Uh, nobody really cared for the game. I mean, if you go back and look at um, all of the major gaming publications at the time, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all giving this thing like a D minus, you know, ouch, <laughs> like, ouch. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, technically a passing grade right mm-hmm. i mean it's hard to say it's even mixed reviews at that point that's kind of like when you go and get like those harry potter jelly beans except oh. that like one out of every five jelly beans is when i look at two out of every five jelly beans is something that tastes good and the other three are the puke flavored ones yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. that was that was your odds of enjoying the batman games that came out <laughs> for 15 years well this one though even though i said it was for the time it got mixed reviews mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say about this that uh, walks that back just a little bit was that both uh, IGN and I believe the Gamer, uh, it's an online publication, in 2019 and 2020, both of them revisited the game and and said in hindsight, you know, like we were talking about earlier, when you go back and look at some of these, they're just horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, they actually said that this game wasn't worth all the hate that it got. Okay. I mean, so I thought that was kind of interesting that for all of the Batman games that people could go back to and, you know, essentially give it a mulligan. Mm-hmm. Um, this one actually got some, you know, some credit for what it tried to do. Um, so I guess the, the point of it is, if you're going to fuck up, just look good while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the very least, like, look, it's like, uh, like that, that the, the red green show where it's like, you can't be handsome, you can at least be handy. Um, (laughs) whereas in this case like he's not handy but he's a little handsome so it's all right yeah and and for those of you that don't know who red green is um if you've ever watched any public access especially here in wisconsin he's (laughs) he's just a good old-fashioned redneck that knows ingenuity and and uh wears suspenders (laughs) wears suspenders and ingenuity uh basically it's ingenuity as long as duct tape is involved (laughs) you can fix basically anything with duct tape which is a really funny uh, thing that we can kind of carry into with our next trip on our our uh, Batman through the years video game journey, mm-hmm. and that would be this this shifting into tie-in mode here, right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah, some of the original games here mm-hmm. technically were loosely based on on the movies. Well, Batman Returns um, would end up getting a very heavy treatment from video games, so. These would come out uh, in 1992 to 1993. Mm-hmm. Literally eight different versions of this game came out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I personally had access to the Atari and the Game Gear versions of this. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just tell you, Joe, there were some games that just weren't meant for a six-year-old Mark to play. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I knew my limitations. Okay. My, my reactions were shit. I was six years old. Okay. You could, you know, but this these games, Joe, I watch them frustrate adults. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I consider myself mm-hmm. to be a pretty decent gamer for a six year old. The but the the hardest thing about the Atari version of Batman Returns, mm-hmm. you you had one life to complete the entire game. Yeah, <laughs> one life. So imagine that you screw up once, the whole thing's just shot. 
<laughs> yes. Oh God. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so that game was uh, you know, when I say impossible, everybody, I, I don't just mean that in jest. <laughs> no, it was literally impossible. <laughs> yes. This game was so fucking difficult. I mean, it, it had it had mixed reviews. Mm-hmm. Um I mean it, it was I would say it was the first real entry in the Batman video game universe here that that had a very muddied critical response right Mm -hmm. so we we just talked about a d minus here well there were some people that (laughs) gave this game like a 1.5 out of 10 yeah that's that's pretty much f minus territory (laughs) If, (laughs) if such a grade existed you failed so bad you've created a new small subcategory of failure just for you yeah that's that's where batman returns lies well to quote one of our characters from futurama uh dr wernstrom uh i think he would give this an f minus minus because uh just difficulty alone i i just don't understand why you would give your players one life to complete an entire game um it just doesn't make any sense Yeah, again like that's that's a, it's a, that second category of difficulty where it's not challenging. It's like, no, you, you've made this hard for the sake of making it hard. And that's, that's not good for anyone. It's almost like they were harvesting our tears, Joe, for some kind of energy source. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what they were going for. Mm. I really don't. Um, but yeah, once again, this, this, this continues this really just awful journey that Batman games would go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was a really uh, a quick game that was um, also released in 93 called Batman, the animated series, which, I mean, the animated series of Batman was some of the best, or some of the best like TV watching I did during that time. Oh, absolutely. And it was yeah. like, that's like, if you ever get a chance to like watch like any of like behind the scenes work on that, I think there's a great documentary on YouTube for it. But like looking at like the amount of creative freedom that team had and their idea with it, um, oh, like that that show was like the perfect storm of creativity um, for cartoons in the '90s. It redefined uh, what you could basically what shows could get away with and yeah. um, how you could entertain children with pretty adult storylines. Yeah, they they did some pretty heavy-handed shit with that show, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think once again, this is another one of those testaments to the talent involved. Uh, we've mentioned this with a couple of properties already, but mm-hmm. I mean, we would get Kevin Conroy who would voice Batman for. I'm mean, pretty sure he still is. He still uh, does. Yeah. Yeah, we got Mark Hamill. Um, we get Tara Strong out of this too. Mm-hmm. I mean, good lord, we had some you know legends of the voice acting industry involved in that, but. Unfortunately, on the Game Boy, they were not <laughs> able to do such a thing. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I played this game. I mean, I, it wasn't it wasn't horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was interesting about it, though is you could switch between characters. Um, so you could actually switch between Batman or Robin, and each one had different uh, abilities that they could use, so that they could um, switch between them to solve issues in the level. So mm-hmm. you know that, that at least was something, especially for a portable game. Um, they, they'd re-release the game later, but uh, honestly, I don't even really know who was playing it. I didn't, I didn't interact with that one. <laughs> um, but we actually get a little bit of a break here until '95. Mm-hmm. So in '95, have you ever heard of the company Jumpstart Games? Mm, not ringing a bell. Hey, that's totally fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They're an education-based uh, video game developer. Oh boy. <laughs> But you know what, though? I wouldn't actually uh, worry too much because 
they actually made a series of different games that were just cartoon makers for popular comic book properties. So you would actually have like sprites of um, these, you know, these characters and you could create your own little mini episodes on your computer. Mm -hmm. So Batman would get that treatment. Batman and Robin, um, yeah, would have their own little cartoon maker. So yeah, you'd have like these little pre-recorded cell movements that you could place on the screen. You'd have, you know, backgrounds that were used and they put them right into this little like PowerPoint style uh, cartoon maker. Mm-hmm. So um, I spent uh, more time with the Spider-Man cartoon maker by the same company. Um, but these were fun little games, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously this mm-hmm. isn't like uh, like Arkham Asylum types of video games or anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but they're fun in their own right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It, it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed doing it. You know, we would even... Um, you know, it's like we'd take recordings of movies and stuff and save the sound files and move them into the game. And so, you know, it was, um, I guess if you looked back at it now, it, it, people would go like, what the hell were people doing? <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it was still, it was kind of fun. Um, I wasn't originally going to put this on the list mm-hmm. because um, I'm sure there's only like eight people who knew what Jumpstart's games <laughs> even was, <laughs> but um to get back to the the idea of tie-ins, though, mm-hmm. um, that would bring us to the Batman Forever game, um, which I'm not sure if you were a big fan of Batman Forever, but I think that I think that movie gets more hate than it deserves. I was alright with Batman with Batman Forever, mm-hmm. not nearly as bad as Batman and Robin, right? No, no. Um, <laughs> but the game would definitely deserve your hate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the reason why I mentioned this, so we, we just talked about sprites in the, you know, the cartoon maker. Well, this game would actually be based on the same engine that Mortal Kombat was. Oh, okay. So you have sprite-based movements that mm-hmm. for the time were cutting edge. You know, they looked really cool. They weren't as clunky as some of these, uh, some of these other video games that looked really rigid. Mm-hmm. Well, that would basically be the only good thing about this game. Was the fact that you had cool looking sprites, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, Batman, obviously, title character, he's supposed to look good. Um, but you found out while playing this game that they didn't spend a whole lot of time making different enemies. Uh, so you're fighting <laughs> like yeah. the same thing over and over again. <laughs> you're fighting like the same three guys over and over again. <laughs> so it's really, you know, the sprites, they look good. Mm-hmm. But you just, you saw them way too often. Um, and you could really, clearly tell here that you know the, this this boxer only had one good hand it punched from because the background and the, the controls both fucking horrible i mean it, <laughs> like it, you're seeing the sprites and you're like mm-hmm. yeah this stuff looks great but then it looked like somebody just took one texture and copy pasted it like a hundred times <laughs> to the background <laughs> so it it just was not it wasn't no good. it just wasn't good so even though um, when folks are kind of hearing about this, you know, being based on the same engine as Mortal Kombat, they're all mm-hmm. kind of turning towards the TV a little bit, going like, "Oh, okay, Ooh, yeah, yeah, let's see what this oh, is all the about." Film. This looks nice. Yeah, but, and it kind of uh, did. Kind, kind of, yeah. kind of, yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, say, I, I wouldn't say did, but kind of. <laughs> yeah, this this one just just didn't do well, um, and and uh, it would lead into. Another game that wouldn't do very well uh, in 1998. So we talked about Batman and Robin. Well, mm-hmm. once again, we've got 
another Batman game. We've got another movie tie-in to go along with it. And the Batman and Robin game, if I just told you, you know, just if we just took the facts of this game and I presented them to you, um, well, actually, why don't we just do that? How about this, Joe? So for the Batman and Robin game in 1998, it was actually an open world game. Yeah, yeah. I actually had this one. I, I, I honestly forgot I did. <laughs> until yeah. you brought up, I was like, wait a second. I had this one. Yeah, yeah. You had, and, and so you had the the game that was like based on these uh, timed events, mm-hmm. right? And you would have to do things before the timer would go off. Otherwise, the mission would fail. Yep. Um, it didn't sound like it was going to be that bad of a game. No, right? like on paper, it should be. It should be fine. No, it would not be fine. It would be far from fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It was just horrible gameplay mechanics. I mean, technically, you could play, you know, multiple different characters. But mm-hmm. one of the things that was always great about the open world games of the future that would come after this, you know, open world games are meant for you to be able to go and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you can play the main storyline, right? But the fun was really just in the side missions and that's where you wasted a lot of your time, right? Yeah. Side missions and just kind of exploring the, like the open world that you have and getting to know it. Yeah. Except you have an open world where you have to do timed based events. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really weird that they, they it's, it's like a, a fake, I guess it's more of like, almost like you think of like sandbox games where like they have like these large levels um, and you have a little like freedom in exploring them, but levels like, well, like, I don't know, they're like they kind of lock off to a certain point where you get so far and you can't go any further back. And that's kind of what this was, was like a really big sandbox. Um, yeah, you had all this open world, but you had to basically play where they wanted you to play. Otherwise, you couldn't do anything in the game. Yeah, and, and part of it, you know, you have to start to wonder here because you look at a lot of these tie-in games mm-hmm. and the assumption is, yeah, I'm sure that somebody only gave me like a year to make this stuff. You know, think like the original E.T., game that oh, came out God, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Girl, it is like the worst video game ever made <laughs> yeah that, that well i <laughs> just hold that thought joe we'll, we'll... <laughs> <laughs> we've got more batman to cover <laughs> we, 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 we have not... some more <laughs> we, we, yes we'll we'll get there shortly but yeah um yeah th- this game um yeah it, it just it just missed the mark in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um but yeah when we say open world i think sandbox would fit it much better yeah you have the uh the real-time events you've got um you know like traffic and mm-hmm. you know actual people that are that are moving around and everything and that's that, that's that's what it should look like yep um but yeah yeah people just said it was uh i don't know they, they just they didn't they didn't like the graphics i thought oh, the graphics wow. actually looked okay but um it, it's just you could tell this was this was like a sandbox game before perfection or before mm-hmm. we got you know developers who actually could put more time into it um and so this game really suffered because of that it just you could probably tell it was a rush timeline they had to get something out for the movie yep um so the guts of that game probably should have been okay but ultimately that's not what we ended just, up yeah, just fell <laughs> yeah so yeah that would take us into though um you know a couple of years where batman would once again still be in stasis here once mm-hmm. again we've, we've got this fart trapped in the bat suit um and so Ubisoft would actually step in. Um, they would create some side-scroller Batman games. Uh, I think they did a racing game too. Oh. Um, and yeah, I 
think they would even get all the voice actors for uh, Batman Vengeance as well. Um, so oh, yeah, nice. yeah. The one of the I think it was that one of the two GameCube entries I remember coming out with. I mean that generation of like PS2, GameCube, and original Xbox. Yeah, uh, these were ones I didn't really play. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of remember hearing of Vengeance. I heard of Gotham City Racer because I just thought, you know, <laughs> why turn superheroes into racing games? But that's mm-hmm. that's a topic for another day. Yep. But yeah, and at the same time, also, why didn't you take a, uh, advantage of calling it Bat Cart like? 64 or something come on if you're gonna go ham you just go full ham <laughs> you don't you don't half-ass it like that <laughs> well the thing was like obviously with 60 different games that came out involving batman mm-hmm. um you know i i couldn't go back and play every single one of these but i had some friends that played these and ultimately the the ubisoft ones were just kind of panned by critics uh fans didn't really care for them either mm-hmm. the folks i talked to didn't seem to care for me either um, and it's kind of a shame too that for you know Batman Vengeance to get the voice actors back for it, and then it just kind of gets lost yeah. to time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that would be that would be unfortunate that 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 mm-hmm. happens. But either way, I kind of was planning to skip over this anyway mm-hmm. because Joe, when you said the worst game of all time, oh yeah, that distinction is believed to go to 2003's Batman dark tomorrow oh my god that game oh that was horrible oh you, i'm so happy you didn't play it only one of us had to go through that bullshit oh no i, I played <laughs> this i played this game i you played, played this, game. this game oh okay oh. Thought you didn't oh my god did you get to the yeah. end no i i hated the game that much <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who remember my assassin's creed 3 <laughs> experience um for dark tomorrow joe i i maybe got about halfway through that game um and Mostly because the camera angles were so bad in that game. They're horrible and they're fixed. Like, so when you go from like basically like transition from like one part of the level to the next, the camera angle changes and you're just stuck with it. Yes. You can't do anything <laughs> about it. And so, like, you'll have like this really like think of like in a movie, they have this nice big like wide out like establishing shot where the character is maybe like really close to you, but then you've got this really big like scene in the background. So you could see the beauty of what the director's setting up. Okay, now think of the opposite of that. And instead mm-hmm. of the character being really close to you, the character is really far in the background. And so Batman's like a dot and you've got other dots coming at you and you have to try and fight them. Yes. And that happens in places in this game. Dude, this is one of those really weird scenarios where you have people who actually write you know, for comics mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, hell Scott Peterson of DC, what he wrote for this game. Um, and so usually when I have a strong writing contingent here, like mm-hmm. I can appreciate certain things of this. I mean, the story itself, it was, it was okay. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. there, there's some writing praise and I'm not the only one saying that if you guys look up, you know, dark tomorrow or uh, yeah, dark tomorrow. And you look back at this and you look at the, the, some of those aspects of it. Yeah. People are going to say, yeah, it didn't have the worst writing ever, mm-hmm. but but the mechanics were horrible. Oh yeah, the, it, you know there was a lot of stealth involved in this game. Oh fucking stealth uh, mission, man! <laughs> <laughs> Bane but, of my video game existence. Them and water levels, dude, oh. worst two things ever. That's probably the only thing that could have made this game worse. But mm-hmm. the one of the dumbest things about this game, though, was that they cranked up Batman not killing people to eleven, mm-hmm. and so you can't kill people in this game. You can only handcuff them. Yep. 
And if you don't handcuff them, they get back up and will start fighting you again. <laughs> yes, they do. It's like, so, God, yeah. Dude, who, like, I, I get people have fetishes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, if handcuffing is your kink, that's fine. Yep, you're into that. That's cool. No judgment. But, but, but if, if you're one dude who's living in Gotham City and you, and you somehow have access to tens of thousands of handcuffs, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's going to, that's probably going to raise some suspicion. A little bit. It's like, um, who can afford to buy all these handcuffs? Probably <laughs> Bruce Wayne. Boom. Yeah. Figured out, found. But how can he carry that many around with him in all these missions? It just doesn't make any sense. No, like you have to imagine that if these, more, more, more realistically, like he has to be zip tying these guys. <laughs> he just well, has tiny yeah. little bat zip ties that he goes that he goes over everyone. Because how could yeah, you can't carry that many uh, handcuffs. I mean, even then, at that point, it, it'd be ridiculous to see the Batman's utility belt have like a massive like three gallon pocket just for <laughs> just for zip ties <laughs> just for zip ties oh my gosh like they, they could have at least like gone out the route where like maybe if you just punch them enough like they just have z's coming off of them so they're sleeping and they're knocked out indefinitely oh, yeah. it'd be That's exactly the, what like um um the uh, batman the yes. batman series mm-hmm. yeah yep they're, yeah, no they're sleeping yeah we just yeah. put them to sleep the whole time <laughs> god just it, Seriously, folks, if you want to take a break right now and just go look up Dark Tomorrow, I highly recommend doing it because there's a lot of stuff out there on it. it we're not just the only one saying no. this. It, it is, I think it is one of the worst games of all time I have ever played. Um, and Absolutely. I, oh, and I mean, Christ. I'll even spoil it to for you because like Mark, Mark did the smart thing. He's like, nope, I'm almost made it halfway through this <laughs> game. I don't really know. I'm done because this game sucks. I'm my 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 take. I was like, I won't let this crappy video game beat me. Um, so I played all the way through to the end. And the final boss is Rachel Ghoul, and he's basically set up this plan to flood Gotham um, and basically wipe the slate clean or something with humanity. I don't know. Really terrible contrived plan. Um, so if you lose to Rachel Ghoul, he floods the world, and you figure that out. If you lose to Rachel Ghoul and you didn't save the game. Boom. Okay. Lost. Game over. The bad guy wins with his plan. Okay. That makes sense. So then you think, okay, well, I'll go back to my save file from before I lost and play through. And this time I just won't lose. Um, you do that. And then it cuts to a cutscene of Rachel Ghoul fucking doing it anyway. Ugh. So no matter what happens, you lose. And how infuriating is that? But you fight through this whole crappy game all the way to the end, hoping for some sort of like semblance of a victory. And nope, you lose no matter what. Oh, it's because it's called Dark Tomorrow. Don't you get it? Yeah, I get it. And it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still not happy about it. Wow. I'm happy I did not play it that long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Just like mm-hmm. Billy Mays, man, there's more. Except it, it can get far worse. It can get way worse. And it does get worse. No. Oh, oh, man, that was bad. Sorry to rip that Band-Aid off, Joe. <laughs> that, that repressed memory just came flooding back all at once. Well, th- this one, th- the next entry in the series, would actually also come out in 2003. Um, and it would actually be the last game that was based on the Batman animated universe. So I'm not sure if you remember the game Batman, The Rise of uh, Tenzu. I remember hearing about it, but no, I, don't, I never played it. Honestly, it's it's kind of a shame that um, 
this was like where the, the character was introduced. I'm not saying he was he was a great character or anything. I think mm-hmm. he just he's just described as like an uh specifically like an Asian crime lord, you know. Okay. Um and and honestly in this game they they once again brought back some um you know decent uh decent voice acting for it. Mm-hmm. Um like uh the same animated series folks who came back like Kevin Conroy, Tara Strong, um, you know, I think even Ron Perlman uh was Ooh. here for Clayface. So yeah, I mean uh good voice acting as always, right? For mm-hmm. the animated stuff. Um, but it was just a standard beat 'em up game. And at this point in time, you know, we're we're only a few years off from um, you know, some of the next gen uh mm-hmm. games. So, you know, this game just kind of got lost to time. Um, you know, Jim Lee, who actually wrote for the animated series, uh, specifically created Jinzu for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously, if the animated universe kept going, they would have probably had more things they could use. But, but yeah, just just because it's a standard beat 'em up game, um, it's just another one of those Batman games that got you know lost to the vault. Yeah. Um, and so I, I always just felt bad for the, the animated series folks that you know kept coming back. They kept doing solid work. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately I don't, I just don't know if many people appreciate it. Um, but across the board, yeah, this was another one of those like D minus D, you know, strong D games. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just, people just weren't nice to it. So ultimately it's, it's a shame, um, that this is kind of where the animated series officially drops off. Mm -hmm. Um, and since you just, just didn't gain any popularity because well he wasn't really seen in anything else attached to batman <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of hard to do a video game about the animated series and you have a character who is not in the animated series <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. oh dude it just it just to me it seemed like the oddest thing to do i mean if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna formulate mm-hmm. a character that you want to you want to bring into a universe like this um you know why why do it in a standard beat em up yeah. game you know <laughs> mm-hmm um so yeah it, it didn't end up getting uh like it didn't end up being on the greatest hits player's choice <laughs> or platinum hits for the playstation 2 gamecube or xbox so Ooh. once again joe this is not just us talking shit on batman games here <laughs> this this is just how it was this is it's, it's the truth yeah. it just wasn't a good game like many of his games in the past yeah this is everyone <laughs> universally <laughs> recognizing that yeah, these are these are just mistakes. <laughs> now, Joe, why would two thousand five be an important year? Uh, well, um, it's my first year of college, still living with my parents. That's unfortunate, but it was saving me money, uh, and it was a time where I was beginning to blossom into the man I would become. Yes, the coming of age story. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other idea why 2005 would be special, <laughs> unless it's uh, unless it's because Batman games begin to not necessarily suck so hard. Oh, and your phrasing couldn't be better because <laughs> literally this would be the year of Batman Begins. Mm-hmm. And it's this is a case in like I think this is one of those tie-in games um, to a movie that actually isn't bad, which especially with superhero games, I've only ever found like maybe one or two other times. Yeah, we're not going to mm-hmm. talk about the Puss in Boots tie-in 
Uh, <laughs> I think that, that's more pain for you than it is me. <laughs> which I'm ashamed to say I've even played that game. But no, 2005's Batman Begins would actually end up being a pretty solid game for, for a movie tie-in. Um, just like you mentioned, one of the cool things about this game was that you actually got to play a version of Batman who did seem like someone was paying attention to the character. And that's because there were things like environmental conditions that you would use as Batman to uh, inspire fear in the enemies you're fighting Ooh. against. Um, so there was like an intimidation meter as well that you saw based on the things that you were doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you've ever seen like, uh, <laughs> this is a funny one to use, but if you ever saw like the, the children's movie uh, Monsters Incorporated, Oh yes. Mm -hmm. It's the same idea, man. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's the buildup to, to the scare almost. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so this game would actually be universally recognized as being um, a lot of the inspiration for what would be the Arkham series that we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, but it actually had some pretty solid mechanics in it, which involved things like the sneak up takedown that would be consistent for a lot of the ubisoft games that would come out like mm -hmm. the splinter cell series you know the same type of idea um so even though this game wasn't perfect you know there once again we've got some some texture issues here and and things didn't didn't look perfect but once again movie tie-in oh yeah you know pretty strong guts here and one of the cool things about this game was once again voice cast somehow somebody <laughs> was able to get <laughs> everyone from the main cast to come back to voice their characters for this game. All so right. yeah, dude, you've got everybody from Christian Bale. I mean, all the way down to Tom Wilkinson, you know, literally Carmine Falcone was in this. Um, the only person that they didn't get was Gary Oldman, um, but everybody else was there. So I just still can't believe they're able to pull that off. <laughs> yeah, that is very good. I mean, even thinking like other DC properties, like around that time, I remember um, Superman returns came out, I think a year or so after that, um, mm -hmm. And that was one, not, not to completely sidetrack into the game series, that was one where like they actually had a really good concept for the game because Superman didn't take damage, the city took damage. And if the city took too much damage, you just lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, it, it suffered like other like Batman similar issues where like if you flew high enough, flew up high enough and looked back down at the world, it was like a bunch of just brown like rectangles. Like, oh, <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> um, but that was another case where they got at least Brandon Ralph to uh, come back and voice Superman, uh, which and Kevin Spacey came back and did um, Lex Luthor for the game. So I don't know what was going on with with DC Games that time, but they were really good at getting their uh, their big names to come back and um, voice their video game characters. Yeah, maybe we should have looked at who their lawyers were at that point in time. <laughs> <laughs> they're good people. They know they're or at least good at their jobs. I don't know them personally. Yeah, who's whose agent uh, signed that that deal? Because I mean, I, <laughs> honestly, I think that's what helped Batman Begins mm -hmm. end up being a a pseudo solid game. Um, I would say that it, it once again it wasn't perfect, mm -hmm. and and so um, once again it's kind of a controls thing. The controls had some, you know, once again we got pretty cool on the takedowns and and the environmental effects, but but either way. Um, we could probably spend a good amount of time just talking about the development of that series, but, mm -hmm. but this game was probably a strong, like 66%. Like it was, it was on the, on the cusp of something great. Um, but I, I think this is like the stepping stone to what we would get mm -hmm. um, in just a few years, but to, 
I guess to tone down the seriousness for a moment, Joe, there would be a very important shift in the Batman universe in 2008. And I, I don't know if you're prepared for this one. I'm not, but lay it on me. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman would take a critical turn down the Lego treatment in ah. 2008. Mm -hmm. And there was three titles that would come out. So it would be 2008, 2012, and 2014. And it would just be sequels to the Batman Lego game, right? Mm -hmm. The reason why I wanted to call out these games is because this is one, one of the, the situations here within the Batman universe where we're actually getting into like original content, okay? Like we're, we're not looking at movie tie-ins anymore. Mm -hmm. This is a game that was, you know, just an original storyline. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of this because there's three games and dozens of hours, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you've ever played a Lego game before, you've got a pretty solid uh, gaming experience. They're pretty addictive games. And that part of the, the game will usually last you a good, you know, 15, 20 hours, right? Like mm -hmm. you've got, you've just got fun environments to play through. Um, there's some standard puzzle solving in there. Um, but one of the cool things about Lego games is that the storylines themselves usually very endearing. Like I, every time I played a Lego game, I can say that my stress level is like an all time low. <laughs> and so, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but what, what the Lego Batman series did extremely well is introduce us to the broader world of the DC universe. Okay. Mm -hmm. Batman may have been at the center of these games. Like his name is on each title, but these are all like open world games where you get to play either in a version of like Gotham or uh, in the third game, you actually end up going into space and you're visiting like each individual planet of some of the specific superheroes. Oh, cool. So you have a huge cast of characters alongside those characters are going to come endless Easter eggs that you get mm -hmm. from, you know, the entire properties. So we're not just looking at Batman in a vacuum here. We're looking at everything. Okay. So I, I know there are people out there that are going like, why are you giving so much praise to a children's game? Ooh, Lego games are fun though. Oh my gosh. If you have not played a Lego game yet, get out and rent a freaking Lego game. Yeah. Uh, they're good times. They're like you said, like, if, you, if you're seeing those children's games, like they're kind of like this stress-free like time savers. Like, I don't know. They're a good way to unwind from your day play, playing Lego games. Yeah, they seriously are. I mean, I, that, that's why, I mean, and I haven't just played these ones. Like I played the movie tie-ins for, you know, Lord of the Rings, mm -hmm. um, Indiana Jones, you know, uh, they, they even did uh, like a Marvel, um, oh, yeah. like Marvel yeah, the, Avengers All the series. Avengers were there. I mean, they, they did, uh, I think, Jurassic World. Has that yeah. has them too? It's like, like there's a Lego game out there for some fandom that you like, more well, than likely, possibly. And, and and that's the that's the credit I wanted to give here was mm -hmm. that no matter what Lego game you're playing, there's a very high likelihood that the team that made it actually gave a shit about it mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's the truth. They really do. Whoever their research teams are that are working on these things, um, I, I got to give credit to them. Like there, there are characters in these Batman games. And I mentioned a couple names before, like you just would not see again in a Batman game. They're pulling names out of the vault here um, with, with these games. Mm -hmm. So 
um, Traveler's Tales is the the company that um, develops these, right? So Traveler's Tales, they just there's there's something about their their development team that just gets this stuff. Um, so I, I can't remember how many characters you can unlock in in the first Batman game, um, but in two and three, I think the list is like at least 120 to 150. Oh yeah, I think with the first game, I think you're limited to like his his immediate allies and his villains, and yeah. then when they open it up, it's like the entire like most of the DC's universe heroes uh, you can play as. Yeah, yeah, and. The funniest part about this too is that uh, in the Marvel games, like Stan Lee is in the game, <laughs> and so there's this thing called Stan Lee in Peril, where you have to like go save him multiple different times yep. on the maps. And so, <laughs> so I remember those; those were fun. <laughs> What's nice about the Batman ones is that Adam West kind of replaces that. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam West uh, replaces the Stan Lee side of it. So you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you just hear Adam West like in the back of your mind. You just hear go help. And you're like, wait, wait, what? Well, it's actually Adam West too, isn't it? They actually got him to voice that, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's actually Adam West. So, um, yeah, before he passed away, he mm-hmm. he lent his his voice acting talent to to those games. So, I definitely thought it was worth spending a little bit of time here, um, because the the Lego games wouldn't just focus on Batman; they'd actually even go into the the DC supervillains as well at mm-hmm. some point. Um, so the, yeah, there was just a lot of, a lot of good things to come out of this. And so I, I will definitely tell people if you have not played these games, give them a shot. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're really solid. Um, and I'm not going to go through the full list of voice actors, um, mm-hmm. in these games because, um, there's obviously way too many oh, to, yeah. to mention here. But for the Batman games, I will say specifically that um, Tom Kenny, if you know who Tom Kenny is, he, uh, he literally, no, <laughs> dude literally voices SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, it's, yeah, I should just know this. Yeah, I'm bad with things apparently. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know Adam. I know him. I know him. I'm familiar with his work. Then, yeah, he would he would actually uh, lend his his voice acting to this game. Um, and you'd also get some prolific voice actors from video games. So mm-hmm. um, Steve Blum, I'm not sure if you have ever heard that name. Oh, before. of course, yeah. Um, I think the first time I, I did anything with Steve, I heard Steve Blum was probably probably Cowboy Bebop um, way back when. But yeah, Steve Blum does so many voices. Like there is a like if you've watched cartoons um, from like I think probably late '90s, like through current, like you've you've heard Steve Blum at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's it like it's not that you're gonna recognize every one of the voice actors' mm-hmm. names, but you can trust that the people that did do work in these, they have been in the industry for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And and so once again, I know this is something we've said multiple different times. Can't be understated here. Um, the voice acting talent is phenomenal for these. So yep. Um, so I, I I know for me when I hear a different voice in a game, it can kind of pull me out of it. Everybody thinks Kevin Conroy, but <laughs> Mm-hmm. but hey the steve plum did a great job um so yeah pretty solid in these games and uh obviously they were a lot of fun but but yeah dude uh that kind of brings us to a point here where you know the the doors kind of get blown off of batman mm-hmm. <laughs> from a gaming experience yep um, and this is uh, one of those moments, Joe, where you have a hell of a lot more experience with this than I do. <laughs> yeah, um, these were 
probably like one they're amazing batman games like just incredible batman games but on top of that like these were just some of the best video games each year they came out that you could get uh was the the arkham series with the exception of um arkham origins that one was um rocksteady wasn't involved with making that game and it was kind of just like warner brothers wanted another game so they just kind of used the same unreal engine used a lot of the same stuff and it just felt like an unpolished version of the previous two games you've gotten before that. But anyway, um, when Arkham Asylum, which is the first one that came out, uh, again, you've got um, probably like the two quintessential voice actors um, in the Batman universe of uh, Kevin Conroy and uh, yeah, Mark uh, Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill are back to reprise their roles. Um, and I'm also forgetting, um, was Tara Strong Harley Quinn? Yeah. Yep, I believe she, I believe so actually. I believe um, she's back. But yeah, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure she is. Yep. So those three, like those are like the big three, like Batman um animated voices that you have, and they're all back for this game. Which I mean, if you put Kevin Connery on it, there's a good chance I'm gonna just uh, gravitate to it and enjoy it because he's my favorite Batman voice of all time. Um, but you felt like you were playing a comic book story in this game on top of like the actual game mechanics of that game were so incredible. Like the combat system, like just you almost like flowed like effortlessly from like villain to villain in that game. So if you're unfamiliar with the game series, it's pretty great where you start off by driving Joker to the asylum, to Arkham Asylum. Mm -hmm. And this is all, it turns out to be Joker's plan is to basically lock Batman in the asylum. And then your game is trying to get out of the asylum. Um, and you're fighting through Batman's rogues gallery of villains. Um, so it's, it's at the point where it is open world. Also a little sandboxy because like you do have side quests and things you can do. The Riddler is his own side quest. You have to find all of his little trophies and then you can oh, yeah. defeat the Riddler as his own side thing. Otherwise he'll, he won't do anything with you. Um, you've got other collectibles you can grab. Um, so like you can get like voice recordings of all of the, the main inmates, um, uh, and basically you get to hear more of their backstories and like basically all of their descents into, into madness, which is pretty great. Um, and then the main story will always be like marked on your map. So while you're going around doing these other things, you can go back to the, to a certain point to keep the main story going. Um, but, oh my God, it was such a great game. Um, like I said, the, the mechanics were wonderful. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten to a point where like I dropped a combo and felt like it was the game's fault. Like, no, this is just a crappy game and it, it missed it missed like an input. <laughs> like, no, like I, I I realized what I did each time I did it. Like the game, the controls were that good to it. And again, the story was also incredible. Like, I don't know if you haven't gotten to play the game, I don't want to ruin any of it for you. Um, but like yeah. again, like I said, it revolves on Batman having to leave and get out of the asylum, uh, as opposed to like being out in Gotham and, and getting them in. Um, and then what you're finding out is as you go through the game, you start getting these like super powered villains. Uh, they're basically being drugged up with something called Titan, which is like a kind of like a super version of Bane's like performance serum that he uses to get really big, um, mm-hmm. which is Venom. But so you've got that subplot going on with what's going on of, of you basically battling or boiling down to this last fight with the Joker. And oh, just such a great game. Could not give enough praise. I remember, like, honestly, I was mad that it didn't get game of the year, and it went up against 
one of my favorite video games of all time that year for game of the year and lost to it. And I was still mad that it lost to that game, um, which was uncharted two. Um, yeah. which is, yeah, like that's another thing. Like I was mad that uncharted two beat Arkham asylum and I love uncharted two. <laughs> um, but I just thought it was that amazing of a game. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, like the series continues on the next one, in the series is Arkham City, where they kind of do the same thing where they, they, they give you a sandbox to a degree um, yeah. where um, basically you get Hugo Strange as this new bad guy. And he's like who you think is pulling strings through most of the game. And he's pitched to um, the mayor of, of Gotham that the crime has gotten so bad that you cannot hold them to like a police station or, or the asylum anymore. So let's literally like border off or block off a large portion of the city and just keep all the villains in there. So that it, if someone's crime is bad enough, you literally get dropped off inside the city and then like, yep, you're off to fend for yourself after that. <laughs> and so what you kind of get is like the larger villains in the Batman universe are just basically running the prison uh, from the inside. And so it's kind of that same thing, like you've got to get out of the city, but really you could leave the city at any time because you're Batman. Um, But your goal is to basically get the city shut down because it's, as you find out, pretty much like against like, you know, some, some amendments here, like like Arkham city is cruel and unusual punishment. (laughs) Like that, that shouldn't be a thing. Um, But yeah, kind of the same thing you've got. Um, like things that happened from the first game are kind of like rippling into this game. So you've still got the Titan drug going around. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to fight Titan villains here and there. Uh, But just another like really well-developed game. The story was, was brilliant. You get this added character in the game. So now you don't have to play as Batman the whole time. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you get Catwoman in this game and they do such a great job of like making the combat for both characters distinctively different from each other yes yes they do mm-hmm. they absolutely do and and kind of to your point too about how there are some games where there's just bad mechanics it's mm-hmm. i'm not going to call anybody out specifically on this but in this game it, it is a, a cool like free-flowing behavioral combat system mm-hmm. where you like there's different modes so based on what mode you're on you kind of see the uh, the exclamation point over yep. the enemies. Mm-hmm. If you if you increase in difficulty, you don't see it anymore. So, to your point, yes, it's it's much more about relationship between player and game at that point, um, which I thought was you know really a strong point of the Arkham series. And even though I didn't spend as much time with it as you did, Joe, um, I appreciated it for voice actors, as mm-hmm. we've mentioned before. Oh, and that reminds me, um, Arlene Sorkin actually voiced Harley Quinn. Um, ah, okay, mm-hmm. for this for for at least the the big three Arkham ones. Mm-hmm. I think Tara strong did voice her in origins. Um, yeah. And that was, I was another guy like that was, that was kind of like a game beside itself because uh, Kevin Conroy wasn't Batman on that game either. And you didn't no. get um, Mark Hamill back for Joker for his limited time in that game. But Joe, you know who we did get for that game? Steve Bloom. No, we did not. Nolan North. Nope. Oh. We got, we got Roger Craig Smith Ezio oh. auditory himself. So he's he's Ezio and Batman. Um, and you can't then, be uh, too yeah. mad then if it's Roger Craig Smith. No, no, not at all, no. dude. And then and then Troy Baker did uh, the Joker, the Joker for that. So, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, I mean, he did a great job in The Last mm-hmm. of Us as as Joel. So it's like, I mean, you still had good voice acting. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that was definitely when it came to um, Arkham Origins, it definitely was not necessarily the story or the voice acting or even the gameplay. Um, yeah. I guess it was it wasn't the voice acting or the gameplay that made it bad. It was more or less the story was just kind of meh. Yeah. Um, and I read that too. I didn't play Origins, but I mm-hmm. I heard the same thing. I mean, it's and and this kind of mirrors the whole rest of this Superman video game universe that we've been going through today, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's not just a couple people, you know, the the quote unquote the folks in their parents' basements that are yeah. I'm in my own basement, damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you paid like, for that basement no no <laughs> well but it's 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 kind of refreshing in a sense though to see that there's there like usually when it's criticism i want to explore this and fully understand mm-hmm. it but it's it's not something that i disagreed with when i looked through these properties it's like okay yep like mm-hmm. i played this game i totally get what they're saying and it's not like um how like when a movie comes out nowadays you have like the fan response and the critic response Mm -hmm. these games like people pretty much aligned yeah uh, on on those opinions so yeah i Mm -hmm. i i I definitely think that um that that was that that had to be the the case here because i haven't seen anything that would uh tell me otherwise no no that's that's exactly what it was i mean you had a few new characters introduced like um deathstroke came in in that game and i remember like that game though like with a deathstroke fight like if you did play on like new game plus where like you said like the uh, the notifications that like hey i'm about to attack and go away that mm-hmm. fight was like nearly impossible like it was that was a very very frustrating fight because yes um deathstroke like, like a thousand times in a row doesn't he like he just oh, yeah. continually yeah he just slices and dices and it's mm-hmm. such a fast fight it is so like even if you get a first counter right like he'll do like basically three moves right after that first counter and if you don't counter those blows at the exact right time like he just knocks you out and it all yeah. was frustrating as hell <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but once again this is the difference between you know the the early 90s batman that just was like hey fuck you gamer mm-hmm. this was like you're gonna get better at this game as you oh, play yeah. it this mm-hmm. is an actual challenge it's not just hard to be hard like you're gonna get through this it's gonna take you a little while but mm-hmm. You know that I I still enjoyed the difficulty you know ramp up there. Oh yeah, again it was still again like I'd say it was a fun game. wasn't a great game, but it was still fun. Um, it definitely was yeah. not on par with the rest of the Arkham series. Uh, but once again, I think the important thing here mm-hmm. is to recognize that these games were obviously brilliantly acted, but the the writing for the we'll call it the spiritual three Arkham games, you know, were they're great. Uh, it, it was a great exploration between Batman and Joker, mm-hmm. you know, which is obviously one of the, the, the best aspects of the Batman universe. And so they explored that to perfection. I mean, I honestly, it was kind of an emotional experience <laughs> to, to, to a point. Um, so we're not going to ruin it. Um, no. I want to, I would definitely want to leave that for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it, what, it, what it did for me, though, playing that game was what does Batman do next? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what can we do with the Batman property next year? And fortunately, that that question would get answered pretty quick by by Telltale Games in uh, 2016. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and great. Just a fantastic company to do something different um, with the Batman property. So I think, have we talked to Telltale before on this podcast? I think we've mentioned. I think it's popped up once or twice. 
Yeah, I think we've mm-hmm. mentioned them at least once. Um, and for those of you that that aren't familiar with Telltale Games, actually, you know what, Joe? I think I said this exact same thing before. <laughs> Telltale w- became um, became a company because there was that action adventure point and click genre mm-hmm. um, that we. And now that I'm saying this, it's like you could probably rewind one of our episodes and hear me say this exact same thing. Um, but yeah, long story short, there's a lot of these developers that made these point and click action games in the, in the, in the old days. Uh, and when I say old days, folks, I mean like late 80s here uh, <laughs> <laughs> into early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, the companies kind of went bankrupt or defunct and, and they stopped making them. And so these developers over time founded their own company uh, and that would become Telltale. So it's these are basically, I, I would call them interactive movies. Yeah. So think of it like back when you had like the old choose your own ending books from when we were yeah. growing up. If you that were like you... You read something, they'd leave you with a choice. And depending on your choice, you'd turn to this page or continue reading immediately afterwards. Yeah. Um, and that's basically what these games did is they, they leave you with a choice and that choice impacts the direction of the story. Except the difference in a telltale game is that just because you have a choice to make, it does not mean you actually want to make any of them. No, <laughs> you definitely don't. <laughs> yeah, because they... I mean, it's sometimes a decision that you make, like if you have certain um, modes on the game turned on, you'll get a notification that says this character noticed that you said that, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that the whole game is going to change because of that, but they'll, no. they'll probably reference it later on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the framework upon which Batman is put into a Telltale game. And uh, I thought that this was... This was so refreshing, not just because of the the format, but because they did stuff different with Batman mm-hmm. for once. Yeah. Um, and so you, you've got the point and click and the tough decisions. But once again, this game came out about five years ago. The most recent one, uh, the sequel to it came out four years ago. So we're going to actually like, we're not going to do spoilers on these ones because um, we've, we've done it a lot with some of these other properties. So I actually want people to play this one. <laughs> I really do. Um, mm-hmm. But there are certain critical things about the mob families of Gotham, particularly the Wayne family, that gets changed in in this this Batman uh, interpretation. Um, you know, Batman himself still stays, you know, relatively, mm-hmm. uh, really, yeah, relatively similar. But, yeah. But these things that happen with his family and some of his friends, like he, you find out he actually has a really close relationship with the Penguin, and like they were. They, they grew up together instead mm-hmm. of just being a random villain like like they kind of update him to be more of like a modern day uh fencer or like um you know low tier mobster kind of guy yeah and uh and so their relationship gets explored um which i thought that was fun because it's a little bit different so hats off to telltale on that they mm-hmm. they took they took this this award-winning format they built with like the walking dead and game of thrones and a couple others and they applied it to Batman, and it just works so damn well. It really does. And like any Telltale game, do yourself a favor and play through it no less, like no fewer than twice, two times. Yes. Um, and basically play through the way, play through one way, like you thinking making the choices that probably should be right and drive the story in a more positive manner, and then do the opposite the next playthrough just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and and the reason why it's so fun to do this is because you actually by doing this you get completely different uh, interpretations of certain characters mm-hmm. um and so there's a lot of fun things here with like catwoman and two-face um and even even your relationship with um 
with Alfred to an extent. So I, I just, I thought that was, uh, when you start looking at the body of work here, okay. Like we've got literally almost 35 years of Batman games <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is kind of where things stand is with the mm-hmm. Arkham series. And now with telltale, I mean, we've got some of the strongest narrative based like Batman experiences we've ever received and they have nothing to do with film. No. And what's also great is that again, like these aren't just great Batman games. They're great games in general. So even if you, for some reason were to place Batman with something else, it could probably still work pretty well. They're just really well-made games. Yeah. Well, and, 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 but look at the, look at the, this, the, just the state of modern gaming, right? Like Mm -hmm. Arkham Asylum came out at a time um, when like we've, we've got Ubisoft just catching fire with all their third person experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. So it it managed to not just be a good game in a crowd of good games. It managed to be an innovative game in a crowd of good games. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's combat system. Like you've mentioned, there's a lot of nuances to it. It stands out if you if you've played multiple different properties that have these types of uh, I don't know if you want to call them like a parry defense attack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean th- this this one was still really strong, um, and and from a uh, a Telltale game standpoint, the Batman game is still really strong even in their book of of titles that they have. Yeah, um, I mean I've played every single Telltale release for the last like eight years. 10 years. <laughs> I seriously, I played every single one of them and um the Batman experience was I would say it was the most fleshed out one because you know, it's not just like you said making one or two choices, like you're actually throwing batterings, you're actually like doing timed events mm-hmm. that are somewhat complicated for a telltale experience. So um so yeah, dude, it's it's just a great it's it's a great way to I wouldn't say end the Batman like video game journey because mm-hmm. it's it's still it's oh yeah keep it's still going. going absolutely yeah. but the tide absolutely turned and mm-hmm. so if you came into like the Batman experience in 2005 uh, you were probably far better off than Joe and I were <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you had a really great starting point if you started in 2005 because. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate, right? Like I, I, I literally like, like trudged through, I mean, the majority of the shittiest times of Batman and video games. So with what we've gotten in the last, you know, 10 years, it's really encouraging because, um, the next entry in the Batman series won't come out until 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's, that's also piggybacking off of the Arkham series, isn't it? Kind of. So it's piggybacking off in the sense that um, you leave off with a major event that happened in the Arkham series. And they're saying the same thing happened in the storyline. However, they're also saying they're not, they're not continuing the events of the Arkham series. So where the Arkham series ends is with a major, major character development for Batman. And they're basically saying that same thing happened to him, but not for the same reasons. So therefore it's not the same story going forward. Okay. I, I guess I can understand that. Um, mm-hmm. Which it might make sense because of, once again, how just how emotional the, the Arkham series kind of wrapped, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe yeah. it's a good idea. Um, God, it's, it's, it's a total blank right now, but what is the next one coming out called? Uh, Arkham Knights, which is also more confusing because by including um, 
Wait, no, is it Arkham Knights or is it Gotham Knights? I think it's I think Arkham it's, Knights. I think, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, it's either, yeah, it's either Arkham Knights or Gotham Knights. Yeah, it's hard to know. Um, I think it is Gotham Knights, though, now that I think about it. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And yeah, uh, it'd have to be because I mean Arkham Knight was was the last in the Arkham series. Yeah, we don't want to confuse our players here, right? No. <laughs> so it's I think it is funny that we would end on Gotham Knights not even involving Batman mm-hmm. because that was really kind of the basis of what we did today was yep. let's assess the games that really just focus on Batman because there's there's plenty of other ones out there that uh, like the Injustice series, which was a great mm-hmm. fighting series. That was like the DC universe as a whole. Yep. Um, so fortunately, if you've if you've maintained being with us throughout this journey thus far, you know, Batman is a video game experience across the 35 years where unfortunately there's a lot of a lot of bad things you had to experience. <laughs> a lot of bad, a lot of bad in that 35 years. <laughs> yeah. But hey, hey, fortunately. Somebody was listening at, at you know at, at Warner Brothers. Uh, someone at DC clearly is paying attention now, mm-hmm. and and so for me, honestly, like I, I think a lot of trust was was kind of earned back over the last you know 15 years, um, and really excited to see you know where they continue to go with this. Thanks, everyone, for joining this week's conversation about Batman and the tumultuous journey he's endured in several video game entries. If you enjoyed this topic, why not mention the show to people who may enjoy it as well? And while you're spreading the word, why not like, comment, subscribe, and the all-important leaving of a review? Because this will help our show a tremendous amount. And join us in a few days, as we're going to be right back here for a discussion on the Cape Crusader and how his Batsuit has changed quite a bit since its 1943 on-screen debut. Batman Week officially rolls on, and you won't want to miss this one. And until next time, keep on dissecting. Dissecting.